Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Have You Seen That With T. It is your boy T with another amazing podcast episode to cleanse your movie-going palette. And this week, uh, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, which is, of course, a very somber weekend for me uh, as we remember all of our fallen uh, soldiers, not very much a weekend of celebration in my eyes, but a lot of people do uh, enjoy the time off of work and they do enjoy a good barbecue and celebration and honor, hopefully, in honor of those soldiers who have fallen um, in the past. Um, I've had the distinct pleasure of serving our uh, country for 24 years in the United States Army and Unfortunately, I've, you know, seen a lot more soldiers lost to suicides uh, than I have to any other cause, any, you know, battlefield-related deaths or anything like that, given my job, given the time that I've been in the Army. Um, So that's, this weekend is very somber for me. I remember those uh, who've gone, um, who's passed, who've served with me, uh, who've served alongside me. And of course, those who also gave the greatest, um, you know, sacrifice that they could for this country. Uh, that's what Memorial Day means for me. And I'm not going to, you know, weigh this podcast down with a big Memorial Day speech. Uh, but I did walk in Walmart today and I saw a lot of like USA uh, hats and like all of the celebratory things like these USA masks. And I just... Hopefully those are getting ready for the 4th of July. You know, they could have left those out till, you know, next weekend or something uh, to get those things ready for the 4th of July. I hope people aren't buying those things and wearing them. And, and, you know, uh, maybe I just think of it differently because I did serve. Uh, But anyways, um, Memorial Day weekend also starts the official or unofficial beginning of summer, right? And the summer movie going experience, right? This is the first weekend, usually a huge blockbuster lands uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, this weekend is no different. We had The Little Mermaid, Disney's The Little Mermaid dropped this weekend. Um, I just came from seeing it today with my family, uh, the two kids, the wife, we all got in the car. We went and saw The Little Mermaid. And damn, this movie was long. Like this was an extremely long movie. I finally, you know, I did drop my uh, uh, Have You Seen That With T movie review on our YouTube page. And that's my biggest gripe with the whole movie. I thought the musical numbers were great. I thought Haley ba- uh, Halle Bailey was great. I thought Javier Bardem was great. Melissa McCarthy was awesome as Ursula. And... It just went a little too long, right? So this is a very, you know, kid-friendly movie. Um, the CGI w- was a little bit hit and miss, but I could get past that, right? I don't, I'm not a CGI snob. I don't go into a movie, you know, other than the last final battle scene uh, between Ariel and Ursula. I thought that that did not look great. I did hear that they are doing a... Uh, um, um, Moana live action movie next. Of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson can't wait to get his hands on, (laughs) sink his teeth into a Moana live action movie. Um, But um, 
if this movie was any indication on how that movie's going to look, that movie is probably going to fall into the same uh, same breath. I, I had a, it felt a lot like the last final battle in Moana uh, towards the end of The Little Mermaid. Maybe I just didn't remember this part of the movie because I think I've only seen The Little Mermaid maybe once or twice in my whole life. Um, the animated movie, of course. Uh, but today, it just... Uh, th that was probably the biggest misstep for me was the final battle scene with Ursula and Ariel. Uh, but other than that, everything else, um, you know, I thought was serviceable. I just thought the movie went too long, right? We all know the story of The Little Mermaid. Um, Ariel dreams of, uh, you know, uh, the humans and she dreams of living on the land. She just sees, you know, she sees a whole new world, right? Um, and you know, Ursula sees that she uses that temptation to um, put her uh, cast a spell on her to where she has three days in order for a prince or the prince um, that that Ariel saved to fall in love with her. Of course, three days is a very long, you know, quick time to uh, not very hard to kiss someone in three days, but it's hard to fall in love. Uh, but these two, of course, did it because this is a Disney movie. Um, and yeah, the, the, I mean, three days being a quick timetable, I guess the extra 50 minutes of footage, uh, um, you know, kind of made the three days seem a little bit longer. Um, that was my only gripe was that the movie was just too long. Everyone was fantastic in the movie. No, no shade, no knocks on anyone in this movie. No shade, no knocks on the script. It just was too long for a kid's movie. It was very hard for my kids to stay still for two and a half hours, uh, two hours, 15 minutes, you know, uh, other than, you know, having to use the bathroom and things like that. Like, you have to take that into consideration um, when you're making these movies for kids. Hopefully, uh, you know, the, the few other kids' movies coming out this year, uh, we did see a preview for Trolls World Tour or Trolls Band Tour. I can't remember the name of the new Trolls movie, but my kids love the whole Trolls series. Um, there's also a Disney movie called Wish, and that looks really, uh, really promising. It, I have no idea what the story is about other than, you know, someone wanting to make a wish. It looks really cool. Um, it also, uh, you know, has a princess or a main character of color which my daughter really found fascinating, which is really why, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not one of these uh, people who, you know, are, are I'm all for diversity. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for hiring black actors, but it just needs to feel right. I don't feel I don't like when people when when these movie studios um, make movies that are diverse just for the sake of appeasing uh, the diversity crowd, right? And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, if you're going to make a movie uh, with six characters, I don't need all six characters to be of different ethnicities just for you to say that you made a movie with different ethnicities. If you're telling a fully black story, then tell a black story. If you're telling a white story, tell a white story. If you're telling an Asian story, tell an Asian story. Um, that It's well within your rights to do that. Um, but at the same time, Every story doesn't need to be a white story. Every story doesn't need to be a black story. There's so many, you know, there's so many different stories that can be told. Um, of course, 
you know, if you're telling a story about the military, you're going to it's going to be completely diverse because you just deal with a very diverse crowd. But if you're telling a story about five best friends and four of your best friends growing up were all white, then why tell like why try to mix in other characters or when you make a period piece and you throw in these black characters when we know that, you know, in that period that you're making these movies that, you know, uh, black people were being oppressed or black uh, or whatever the case may be. You know, it, it just I don't appreciate diversity for the sake of diversity. I feel like there were some movies that threw in like these people of color characters in a story that it just didn't fit. Right. It, it, it was just the sake and not and I don't even mean just a token. I mean, it just didn't make sense. Um, but in Little Mermaid, of course, which had a huge backlash because of the casting of Halle Bailey as um, as Ariel, huge backlash. You know, how can a black girl play a white mermaid? She was white in the animation. Like it was it sounded silly when people say it as I just said it. You know, really, it was such a silly argument. Um, I'm so glad that she was in the movie. She sounded great. She looked great. She played this part so perfectly. She was the perfect casting of Ariel. Uh, there could have been other actresses who could have played her just as well, but she just, I mean, she was glowing on the screen, and it was really, really good to see that, and my daughter seeing it. Like, I, people, like, I don't think people understand truly how impactful it is for a young black girl to see a black princess on screen like it, it is truly impactful my daughter when she goes and looks for a doll it has no bearing on color because her mother's her mom is white her mom is a german uh german citizen um but when she looks at dolls when she goes into the barbie aisle she sees a doll and what she says is that doll looks like me Right. She picks dolls that look like her and that's her internal feeling. We don't force that on her. I, I, we bought our, you know, dolls and, and, and toys of all different whatever, uh, because it doesn't matter. Like we don't I don't teach that. Like uh, I get it. She knows that she's black. She internalized being black. She loves the fact that she's black. She loves the you know, she loves the skin that she's in. And she likes to see characters who look like her. She's seven years old. So, of course, I'm very, I was very proud to see that. I, was, I loved looking at her as she watched the movie to see herself. She could see herself on the screen, and that was beautiful to me. That was the main reason that I truly wanted to go see this movie. Um, and, and, it, and she loved it. She loved every second of it. Um, I loved it up until the point when it was past 90 minutes. <laughs> like, you got to tighten these movies up, guys. Uh, but, yeah, of course, Little Mermaid, first big blockbuster of the summer. It is going to make a ton of money, and that's okay. Um, Fast X might have, some people call that the first movie of the summer. That one made is, is making a ton of money. Uh, but we're going to do now, we're just going to do a, uh, you know, a summer preview, right? Some, what are some of the movies that are on my radar? Some movies that I'm really excited about next weekend. I'm so excited. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. 
We are back. Miles Morales, um, Gwen Stacy, they are back. We got, you know, uh, um, Peter Parker uh, with uh, Jake Johnson's Peter Parker. We got Issa Rae, Daniel Kaluuya, Jason Schwartzman, Brian Ty uh, Tyree Henry, um, Rachel Dratch, Isker Isaac is going to be playing. Um, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, Spider-Man 2099. I can't even think of his name right now. How did it just escape me? Um, but anyway, this, I mean, the first uh, Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse was was just an uh, an amazing movie. One of the best animated movies, uh, won an Oscar. Um, and this movie looks to be no different. I love the animation style. Uh, this is going to be a blockbuster movie. A lot of people... Um, who were skeptical about the first Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie. Of course, the word of mouth pushed that movie to a whole different level. Um, and now we got part two, and it, it, it just looks fantastic. I'm so excited um, to, to go see this movie next week. That's probably my, you know, my number one movie of this summer coming up, only because how great the original was. Um, after that, you know, next the week after that, we got Transformers: Rise of the Beast, and I really wasn't looking forward to this movie until I did see the second trailer. While the CGI still looks like it needs work in the in the trailers, um, it still does look like a damn good time, right? It looks like a, a little bit of uh, Transformers, the movies from the '80s, but sprinkling, uh, you know, the Beast. I don't even know what. <laughs> This is after my time. Like I, I, I knew the Beast Wars um, um, cartoon came out, uh, the CGI cartoon. I did watch maybe one or two episodes, but I just couldn't get into it. I'm, I'm an old school Transformer guy, um, you know, and I am just, uh, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited for this movie now. Uh, we got Anthony Ramos, who was in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's coming in there. Uh, Dominic Fishback is going to be in this movie as well. Um, and, uh, of course, Peter Cullen is, is voicing Optimus Prime again, and I'm excited. Ron Perlman is voicing uh, Optimus Primal, I guess the leader of the, um, the Beast War Transformers. I don't know what you call them. <laughs> I really don't know what you call them. Uh, but I'm excited to see this movie. It looks like it's going to be good. Uh, it's coming, that's coming out June 9th. Um, after that, we got uh, the biggest movie. I, I said Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, was my number one movie on my radar. I was lying. The Blackening. That's coming out on Juneteenth. June 16th, The Blackening is coming out. And this movie uh, looks to be every bit of anything that I love about movies. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be funny. I think this is going to finally give us a black horror franchise that we can sink our teeth into. I'm so excited about this movie. Everything about the movie looks funny. Every single trailer, it looks funny. It doesn't look like it's going to be like a, a, a spoof. It's not, the, it's not the scary movie franchise. It, it's like satire. It's funny. It's supposed to be scary. And it looks every bit of fantastic. I hope, I pray that this movie can turn into a black horror franchise because we need that. We need a great black horror franchise 
that's not named Tales from the Hood uh, to just sink all teeth into it. I think that the blackening is going to be that thing that comes out on June 16th. And I'm really excited uh, about the blackening coming out. And for some reason, I've never, now I'll be the first one to admit, I've never watched a Wes Anderson movie. I've never watched the Hotel Bucharest. I've never watched a, um, a Budapest, the Grand Budapest Hotel, the Royal Tendon Bombs, and the French Dispatch. I've never watched any of those. But for some reason, I want to watch this movie called Asteroid City. This movie has about 500 <laughs> top actors in it. And I, and I say that uh, jokingly, but this movie has so many damn actors in it. I'm not going to list their names off, but I would just tell you Tom Hanks and Scarlett Johansson in this movie. And that's all I really need to tell you. And those are the, you know, there's so many other movies in this movie, uh, so many other actors in this movie. Uh, it looks very silly. It looks very Wes Anderson-like. Um, but for some reason, I want to watch it. I'm probably not going to pay to go see it in the theater. I'll catch it when it comes on streaming, but I definitely do want to check it out. And uh, speaking of, I was talking about animated children's movies uh, that hopefully are under 90 minutes. We got Elemental. That's also coming on June 16th. I probably will take uh, uh, take my daughter to go see that. I don't think my son's going to last another animated movie. Uh, unless there's a lot of song and dance, I don't think this movie has any of that in it. So I might just take the daughter to go see that. It looks like a pretty cute animated love story, uh, you know, coming of age story about people from different side of the tracks um, or different types of, of people who come together and find out that we're all the same at the end of the day. We're all battling the same daily struggles. Uh, and that's what Elemental, I think, is kind of getting at. Um, but I will go see that when it comes out. It does come out on June 16th. Last movie coming out on June 16th that I will not have to go to the theater to go see will be Extraction number two. Joe Russo is directing part two of Extraction. That one was the first Extraction was just out of nowhere. It was really good. Uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, a.k.a. Thor himself. In this part two, I have no idea what it's about, but if it's anything like the first one, I'm going to go check it out. Um, geez, June 16th seems to have a whole ton of movies coming out because then The Flash, right? And you guys all know how I feel about Ezra Miller, how I think that he is the world's biggest piece O.S. Um, piece O. shit. Um, I don't like Ezra Miller. I think he is everything that's wrong with uh, our society today um, in so many different levels. Um, but he's being boasted in this movie. I think that Warner Brothers have put so much money into this movie. It was too late. It was too far. They were too far gone. Hopefully after this movie, they distance themselves from him. Um, and, but I've seen the trailers and I wasn't going to go see it till I saw the second trailer and... Um, everything about this looks dope, other than the fact that Ezra Miller is actually two Ezra Millers on the screen, which almost makes me throw up in my mouth. But the fact that Michael Keaton is back, the fact that General Zod, uh, a.k.a. Michael Shannon's back, uh, Ben Affleck, you know, pops up in this movie as well. 
Um, what really troubles me, though, is that I've not seen Cassie Clemens or Kersey Clemens anywhere in any of the advertisement. Like, she plays Iris West, um, uh, and I haven't seen her anywhere. And that, that I looked at another trailer the other day, and, I, and it just struck me as peculiar that she isn't, like, in any of the, the the advertisements. Like, I wonder what her role is. After the Justice League, after the Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League and how awkward the Flash sequence was in that movie, um, it doesn't surprise me that they don't really um, highlight those two characters. Um, but still, you would think that she would uh, be somewhere in the advertisement, somewhere where he's saving her or something. Um, so I, I just don't know. Then moving on uh, to June 20, 23rd, like June 16th is going to be uh, an insane, like that whole weekend is going to be insane. I'm going to have to find time to watch all of those movies uh, to try to give you guys a good quality movie review. Um, but um, June 23rd, we got one movie coming out that I do uh, that is on my uh, that is on my radar, and that's No Hard Feelings, starring um, what is it, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, so this one, uh, real funny looking movie. Um, uh, you know, one, it kind of harkens to the '80s uh, teen romantic comedy, like uh, one of those uh, you know coming of age sex capade stories. Uh, that I kind of grew up on, like a little bit raunchy, but at the same time have a lot of heart. Uh, J-Law plays a slacker who's down on her luck and gets paid to date, uh, I guess, some rich some rich family's kid in order to uh, get him out of his shell. And, and I'm telling you, there's about 80 80s movies uh, that were made with this exact same Can't Buy Me Love is one of them, like... Uh, you know, and things like that, that's what this movie is like. But this one is an R-rated movie. It's going to be a little bit more adult-oriented, a lot more adult jokes. And, yeah, let's see. We'll check it out. Hopefully it'll be funny. That's my only thing, man. Just be funny. I don't need the the raunch anymore. Like, I guess the, those days of, of uh, being like a horny 17-, 16-year-old kid just trying to watch USA Up All Night, those days are over. Right, we got so many other outlets for that. I want a funny, you know, good, pure movie uh, with some heart, but like it has to just be funny. Like this movie can't be, uh, can't be too much of of one way. It needs to be a little bit of everything, and it definitely has to be funny. Um, June thirtieth, we got Indiana Jones and Dollar Destiny, and I don't think I want to go see that at all. Um, I think this movie is going to be close to like uh, two and a half hours and every part of me don't want to watch Harrison Ford for two and a half hours play Indiana Jones when he's like 80 years old. Forgive me, forgive me, you know, all you Indiana Jones stands out there, there are a lot of people who are going to see it and I probably will go see it um, and I'm probably just going to roast it because I've already heard that it's like the worst Indiana Jones movie. And that's saying a lot because uh, Crystal Skull was terrible. It was there was I brought it was a movie that I had no joy watching. It was that bad. Everything about that movie just screamed 
not fun. And it just wasn't a good movie. Going into the 4th of July weekend, uh, for, uh, July 7th, we got Joyride, which looks hilarious. Like Joyride is kind of like girls trip meets Crazy Rich Asians, uh, meets Bridesmaids. Um, and I'm excited. You know, it's starring Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Sue and, and Sabrina Wu. Uh, Stephanie Sue, of course, was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. And this movie is about a girl who's going back to China to try to find her uh, birth mom. And her and her three friends, one of her friends is called Deadeye. And she's called Deadeye because she has a dead eye, And that is... It should not be as funny as it is, but when you see the character and some of the lines she has in the trailer, you just think it's funny. Uh, and it looks good. It looks hilarious, and I can't wait to go see that. Um, then July 12th, we got Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And I think in the last podcast, I did talk about how Fast and the Furious was turning into Mission Impossible, or is it Mission Impossible is turning into Fast and the Furious? Um, all of the Mission Impossible movies, I feel like after uh, Mission Impossible 3, have had the exact same plot. Um, something gets blown up, the team gets framed for it, and they have to clear their name. I don't know if this is the plot of this latest one, but this movie, uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, is the penthouse. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm about to just ruin that word, so I'm just not even going to say it. So it's the second to last movie in the, in the Mission Impossible franchise, and God bless Tom, Tom Cruise. I mean, it's time to hang it up, buddy. I mean, then again, I guess when Harrison Ford is doing it at 80, uh, you think that you can do it at your 60 plus years old and good for you. But I really do think it is time for for you to give it up. The movie is going to make a ton of money. Um, it has a great cast. Um, I really, really loved when they added um, Rebecca Ferguson to the cast. Vanessa Kirby's in this movie, and I think she is fantastic. Um, uh, you know, and then, of course, you got Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames. Um, and then Haley Atwell's in this movie as well. So uh, we, I'm definitely looking forward to this. And Issei Morales, right? So I watched La Bamba as a kid, right? Richie. Richie Valens and his brother. Uh, uh, I can't remember his brother's name. But Issei Morales uh, was one of my favorite movies in the movie La Bamba. And the fact that he's still doing it 20, 30 years later, uh, and the fact that he's playing one of the main bad guys in this movie is just a testament to him. He's come a long way. Uh, he's come a long way in his career, and I'm really happy to see him on top. And I'm happy this movie is coming out, and I'm happy to just see him doing great things because I think he's a great actor. Um, July 17th, we got the Barbie movie. Uh, we got Margot Robbie, and, and and I'm over Margot Robbie, but at the same time, I can't look away because I think she's just drop-dead gorgeous. And then you got Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, right? And this one has uh, a whole bunch of Barbies, a whole bunch of Kens. I'm looking forward to this. There's a lot of names attached to this movie, and... I'm excited. It's coming out July 21st. I'm going to go check it out. It's probably going to be terrible, 
but at the same time, it's a movie about Barbie. How good do you expect it to be? Um, also on July 21st, now, I heard about this movie about two years ago. It might have been a year and a half ago. And everybody was talking about Christopher Nolan's next epic movie, right? And, and if you know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know how I feel about Christopher Nolan. He is one of the greatest directors to ever grace this world, to ever grace this planet. His movies, uh, a lot of times are nonsensical, but for some reason he airs them in this uh, air of sincerity in this era of sense, uh, seriousness, and he makes you believe in the world that he created, even if it's insane, right? And this is a, a true story, right? This is the story of Oppenheimer and, and how he uh, uh, how he created the first atomic bomb. And the first preview I saw of it is like some pictures of Cillian Murphy, and I was like, man, I'm not going to go see this. This movie looks, you know, it's a it's a period piece, right? It's not like a Victorian period piece, but it's a it's one of those uh, autobiographical or semi-biographical movies that I really don't like. Um, but every preview that I've seen of this movie um, since that first preview, it makes me want to go see it even more. Like whoever's making these previews, they, they must have pulled M. Night Shyamalan's preview maker out of retirement or something to make the previews for Oppenheimer because they have, I mean, the previews have made this movie into like something Oscar worthy. And it, it might be, who knows? Um, but a lot of times Christopher Nolan doesn't get that Oscar love that he deserves. Um, but uh, they, the, the preview makers for, for, for uh, Oppenheimer, they deserve some type of award. Seriously, they really do because they have put together some of the best previews for this movie um, that I've seen in a very long time. And like I said, they, uh, boy, they, they really must have hired M. Night Shyamalan's guys because M. Night Shyamalan's guys always makes his movie, his movies seem like they are just like Oscar worthy as well. And of course, those turn into movies that like feel like somebody's needling your eyes. Um, and yeah, Oppenheimer, I'm definitely going to go check that out on, on July 21st. But also on July 21st on Netflix is finally, finally, they, climbed, they Clone Tyrone is finally coming out. This one starring uh, John Boyega, uh, Tiona Paris, and Jamie Foxx as a, as a pimp, a prostitute, and a drug dealer. Uh, you know, going against the U.S. government who are cloning black people. Well, I tell you, Netflix, when they swing for the fences, they swing for the fences. And hopefully they knock this one out the park. The previews look really funny. I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. July 28th, we got Haunted Mansion. This one looks a lot better than the Eddie Murphy uh, Haunted Mansion movie. I'm not really sure that I want to go see it, but I do want to go preview a movie that weekend. Also, that weekend, Talk to Me comes out. I've heard really good things about that movie, but I and of course, it's made by A24, but I don't see myself going to see that movie in the theater. So I probably will go check out Haunted Mansion because it got Lakeith Stansfield, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Danny DeVito, who looks to be back in the It's Always Sunny form, and Rosario Dawson, and who can stay away from a movie starring Rosario Dawson? 
Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is coming out um, August 2nd. This one, Mutant Mayhem, has like this very unique animation style. And it looks to be very fun. It looks to be very lighthearted. And I hope that this one is good. I enjoyed every single Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie ever made. The animated ones, the live action ones, I've enjoyed them all. And this movie looks to be no different. The month of August seems to be a down month as well. Like not too many movies coming out in the month of August that I do want to check out. Uh, Blue Beetle being one of them. Uh, they have Gran Turismo that's coming out. I don't think I want to see that. We got uh, The Last Voyage of the Detmer, which is about a, about Dracula and on a ship. And it's like, I don't think I want to see that as well. Um, so Blue Beetle might be the only movie that I do go check out in August, which comes out August 18th. Um, you know, Blue Beetle, DC comic, uh, comic movie, not part of the new DC, uh, you know, not part of the whole DC new wave or the new gods, whatever James Gunn's calling it. It's not part of that. It's like the last, uh, one of the last DC movies of the old regime. So hopefully this one does uh, pretty well. Um, cause I mean, anytime you have a minority starring in a, in any type of big release, you want it to do well to give, uh, give them another chance, right? Like if Black Panther didn't do well, we probably wouldn't have got another chance to do a big budget black superhero movie or anything like that. Um, so hopefully Blue Beetle does do well. Hopefully it's a good movie as well, um, to, you know, give give everyone. Everyone needs that chance to just make the movies that they want to make. Uh, once again, there's really nothing else in, in August that looks uh, actually uh, on the 18th of August. Strays finally comes out, which is the <laughs> if you've seen the previews for Strays starring Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, Will Forte about, you know, these uh, and they're doing voices of these dogs who have just uh, you know, who are strays and they're trying to get back to the bad owner of, of Will Ferrell's uh, character who's played by Will Forte, who's always great. God, I love Will Forte. He's so funny. Um, but this movie looks, it's R-rated, you know, uh, kind of like if, if, you, if you're old enough to remember Homeward Bound and Homeward Bound 2, like the, <laughs> this is like the opposite of that. Like I enjoyed the hell out of Homeward Bound. As a kid, like this feel-good story about these dogs who traveled across the country to get back to their family, and Strays is just the opposite of that. I feel like I feel like whoever whoever made Strays watch Homeward Bound probably on LSD or something was like, "Yo, I can make something like this, but like really funny, and let's get some of the funniest people in Hollywood to make this really funny." And yeah, I'm excited about that. And the last movie of the summer that I think that that's really big on my radar, of course, is going to be Equalizer 3, right? Equalizer 3 will wrap up the summertime. It comes out September 1st, um, and this movie looks amazing. Like, the previews for this movie looks just badass. Everything about this movie, Denzel Washington's back, and it's crazy because Denzel Washington has never done a sequel until Equalizer 2. And I never realized that until they said it. 
And then, of course, he comes in to close out the trilogy. And every single one of these movies have been great. Equalizer 1 was good. Equalizer 2 was even better. And Equalizer 3 looks to be the best. Um, Dakota Fanning pops back up in this movie. She was in part one. Um, and this movie just looks fantastic. And this will close out the summer. And this is probably in my top three. This is probably going to make my top five movies of the year. Um, so I will come back next week. I will do my top 10 movies of the first half of the year because um, we've had some good ones. We have some stinkers. We've had a few good ones, and it's, uh, I might have a hard time picking 10 good movies, man, because it hasn't been really a great year so far. I got my five already on deck, I'm ready to, to throw those down on you. Um, but, yeah, like I said, this has not been a, a banner year for big-time movies. It's not been a banner year for small-time movies either. I haven't really seen too many movies that really threw me back like I remember watching everywhere you know uh, everything everywhere all at once last year and that came out I think like February or something like that and that just threw me I already knew that that was the best movie um, and there's a movie that I did see earlier this year uh, that I held in whole, uh, high regard but I don't know how the critics really felt about it I didn't really look too deep into uh, what was being said about this movie and I'll talk about it next week when I do my list, uh, but we do know Fast 10 will not be my number one movie of the year so far, because uh, while it was good, it was not that great, um, but I'm hoping Equalizer 3 is that great, you know, I would love for Denzel Washington to just keep making Equalizers, but I did hear that this is the last one uh, that he will be doing, and good for him, uh, way, to, way to give us what we want, because I really enjoyed those two Equalizer movies. And I think that this one is going to, he's going to go out with a huge bang. Uh, hopefully he don't go out with a man on fire bang, which I would have loved to have seen another movie like that. But I feel like the equalizer might, might be the closest thing we got to uh, the epic that was man on fire, which is definitely my favorite Denzel Washington movie of all time. Uh, no shots at training day, but just, I love man on fire. That's just one of my favorites. Uh, but Equalizer 3 does uh, look to be great. That will close out the summer. And I do appreciate you hanging out with me while I talk about some of the movies that are on my uh, big time summer list. Um, what are you looking forward to the most, man? Uh, is it The Blackening? Is it Spider-Verse? You know, is it Equalizer 3? Uh, is it is it Joyride? Uh, you know, there's a lot of this. There's some very interesting movies coming out this summer. Uh, you know, Transformers, it, it's really, um, you know, if Indiana Jones is your cup of tea, man, enjoy it. Enjoy that Indiana Jones. I just don't uh, think it's going to be that great of a movie. I hope it is, you know, for the nostalgic because, uh, like, they, they've been really doing these properties, something bad, uh, you know, trying to hang on to some of the IPs and, and putting out just some not so great movies and hopefully they do put out a good good movie to kind of close out the franchise uh, after crystal skull it needs it needs a good closing and hopefully just hangs it up after this one i don't think a 90 year old harrison ford needs to be you know cgi'd in to to make a movie you know you can do you can do it with another character you know you could james bond it 
Uh, I know a lot of people hold them in high regard, but a lot of those people are old now, too. And those are not the people going to the movies. We got to let go of some of these, you know, got to let go of some of these characters in all honesty. If, if anything, the little memories taught me that. And White Man Can't Jump has taught me that. And House Party, all these movies that have come out and people slam them because they're not the characters that you grew up with. We got to let them go. And on that note, I'm going to end this podcast. I really do thank you for listening. Definitely subscribe uh, to Have You Seen That With T, the YouTube page. Just uh, search on YouTube, Have You Seen That With T. I drop movie reviews every week. I'm going to try to do some more on some movies that are streaming that I did not catch in the theaters. Um, Also, go to our Facebook page, the Have You Seen That With T Facebook page. Uh, We've been having some people, you know, join the group recently. I really do appreciate that, getting some more group group participation. And, of course, um, you could always like and subscribe to podcasts on Apple Apple Music or Spotify. Uh, Those are my favorite two platforms, and that's where I'm at. So definitely check us out. Keep telling a friend to tell a friend about the podcast, and we will catch you later.